1: Gentlemen, ladies, and well, you know who the one, the only, the ever so eccentric. It's Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? And tonight we will be joined by Pizza Simpson. And tonight we will not do. Anything to detour people from enjoying live shows again, because WWE and AEW are doing city tours, and I'm sure every other wrestling organization is going to do city tours, because why? It's about damn time. Okay, well, I can tell you this, when Pizza joins, we have much to discuss and we have a larger time frame to do it in. So, without further ado, you know, we're going to go over SmackDown Live, NWA, NXT, that will be C to Simpsons, duties, to go over such things. And mine will be going over WWE Raw and SmackDown Live. I know I said SmackDown Live, dude, but there's like two hours for this show. Maybe longer I'm just kidding Alright So We have a lot on the agenda tonight folks A lot And thank you all for tuning in from Latvia, Indonesia, Australia Mexico City, Mexico, Tokyo, Japan We thank you all for dealing with this craziness And listening to this pro wrestling podcast Off the Rails Uncensored Which is now On Fridays And we will be changing that on the Instagram as soon as I can So Without further ado, and I mean, I will go to the links to describe, actually discuss, let's see here, duh, duh, duh. okay, maybe not, maybe not, if you want to reach us you can do so on Wrestle underscore radio or at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter And now joining us live, folks My new and beloved co-host Pizza Simpson, welcome, man Hello, hello Alright, so on the agenda tonight, my man We're going to start right out the gate uh, Very quickly WWE Raw and SmackDown lines, so I will do my best to condense it, not go too ranty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I got a uh, I like, got notes for NXT and I got Impact notes for you.
1: Awesome! So we're gonna go over Raw first. Well, let's see here. Winner's grades, reactions, Bleacher Report. I don't trust Bleacher Report; they just give the synopsis. I much rather, you know, they they made my list in, in in Chris Jericho style too, because they just go over what they thought was an A plus and what they thought was an F. But anyways, <clears throat> CBS Sports WWE Raw results: Kofi Kingston and McIntyre battle for a Hell in a Cell title, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. I mean, they're getting back into um, the swing of things, folks. WWE, alongside with other wrestling promotions, and I'm not just gonna ex- not gonna exclude. The other promotions, but WWE is doing a 25-city tour, um, and that includes, like, Milwaukee, Cleveland, LA, like, Kansas City. Got throw the big cheap pop out there. Um, Houston, Texas, Dallas, so on and so forth, but I'm getting off track here. McIntyre and Kofi Kingston batted for the title shot. McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, and a no contest, not oh, really. That match broke down really fairly quickly. Raw Women's Championship match Set for Hell in a Cell Nikki Cross beat Rhea Wow <laughs> Nikki Cross actually won a match on Raw Holy cow I'm acting surprised Against
0: the champion
1: Against the champion And and you know what Rhea Ripley lost track of time of two minutes to beat Cross A challenge laid out by Charlotte Flair So Charlotte Flair uh, Beat Oscar Of the attendance is getting old Charlotte Flair beat Oscar via pencil. Okay, so after reversing the Oscar lock into a pen, there was a lengthy match between the old rivals back and forth until Flair's late reversal to steal the pen. Okay, same old shit. I'm, I'm going to dive into that later. Cedric Alexander uh, beat Shelton Benjamin after a neutralizer. Benjamin was firmly in control. Alexander used a thumb to the eye, so dirty finish. Riddle beat Xavier Woods. Okay. An RKO another long match in the show, which Riddle won by taking a page out of the tag team part of Randy Orton's book. Okay, cool. Jackson Riker beat AJ Styles. What the fuck? Am I reading that right? Jackson Riker beat AJ Styles. Okay, this booking to me, so far, from what I'm reading, new, it's different, cool. And I can adjust to that somewhat in my brain, I guess. Seamus beat Humberto Carrillo after a pen while holding Carrillo's tight. That's awesome. Never cared for Carrillo. He kind of annoyed the fuck out of me in NXT because he really didn't... Really didn't I mean, how the hell does this guy make main roster? That's just a question. Um, women's Tag Team Championship, Madison Italian and Tamina beat Shayna and Naya. Okay. It says... Mm-hmm. Baszler challenged Reginald to a match Next week oh, God. What a clusterfuck In uh, the last tidbit um, Now as far as Kofi and McIntyre go I mean this might actually be Good for Hell in a Cell It might, I don't know But I'm going to just basically Give a synopsis of WWE Raw It was much better than it has been At least from I'm reading There's very little promo and there's a lot of wrestling. You know, for three hours, that makes sense because you got to fill three hours with something. They finally fucking listened because they're going back to live audiences. So, might we'll as well give the audience a good feel for the show. So, okay, my grade for Raw, I give it a B. I, I wouldn't give it an A just yet i mean i'm surprised that my favorite one of my favorite gimmicks of all time not just gimmicks but people nikki cross is a sweetheart dude um i met her at uh access she's super cool and not only that but she can actually fucking work and and to me i think it's great that she pinned rhea ripley although i think I don't know if the audiences would be apt for Nikki winning a championship just yet, but it would be kind of like uh, the underdog story, you know? She's like uh, one of those stories that is very inspiring because she didn't have very much money. She trained in Scotland, and now look at her. She beat Rhea Ripley. And Oscar versus Charlotte. Um, boy, it's the same old song and dance for Asuka. I feel really bad for her. Although, you know... Some people have said that she doesn't really need a strap to prove that she's a good wrestler. I call bullshit because Oscar was still a dominant in NXT, and now she's everyone's doormat. What the fuck? And um, if I'm being honest with you, I'm weary and very weary about Hell in a Cell because there's never, ever any fucking color. And whenever there is, people, the Karens and Carls and Steves, come out the woodwork to bitch. I don't give two fucks. Somebody needs to give color inside that Helmstone. Leave it to McIntyre or Kingston. Maybe one of those two. Actually if they're going to face Bobby Lashley, maybe they have to compliment the Maybe they have to compliment him by a triple threat. It's nothing against Lashley. He's a great talent, but Jesus Christ. Him as a champion. Do you know how many people have told me well, he's not a bad worker. I said, yeah, that's not the issue, dude. As a champion, I think that someone should represent the brand than someone, either either Kofi, who's, like, really, you know, high in demand, you know, all the kids and and the moms and everybody loves Kofi. McIntyre, on the other hand, I don't know who you want to represent Raw, honestly, dude. To be, to be honest with you, the synopsis of WWE Raw, eh, be... Now I'm going on to SmackDown Live because I remember this shit off the top of my head. Um, to start off that night, you know, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Holy hell, man, the Usos. It's been a while since we've seen them as a pair as a tag team. And I thought it was a very good pace match. I think that Angelo and Angelo Dawkins and, you know, Montez Ford, they're coming in on their own. They they rose to the top fairly quickly in NXT. And I'm impressed with what they're doing so far on SmackDown Live. They may not be the best of workers, but Angelo Dawkins or whomever flew like uh, 747 or Learjet. He just flew. And I was like, wow, holy shit, that dude got ups.
2: That's Montez <laughs> Ford.
1: Montez Ford, my bad. Yeah, the Montez Harlem. Ford's the flyer. If you, To me, dude, like this team reminds me of Harlem Heat. It really do. Because, one, you know, the ground and pound, and then Angelo Dawkins, I guess, would be your Stevie Ray, in the sense that he's the ground and pound, and the high flying is kind of like Booker T would be Montez Ford. Yeah, they I agree, agree with
2: that. You know. I, I, that's accurate, bro. That's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Because I look.
1: Yeah, because I look at the team and I'm like, in NXT, they really didn't do nothing for me because they were just a whole bunch, you know, with the red solo cups and joking around. You got to have some flavor to your gimmick. You can't just come out bland as fuck. And to me, like, I think it's a good contrast because the Usos is like the the one team that you don't want to underestimate because they can kick out of... Pretty much anything you throw at them, and they can just come at you like nobody's business. Yeah, so the Usos kind of been of
2: to learn have been around a it. long time. The Usos have a really just your established team. That if you put your new and up up and coming team against the Usos, they're definitely going to bring your new team up and coming. You know, bring them up. And I like the pairing of the Usos versus the Street Profits.
1: I think it was booked like extremely well because you know mostly some of the matches the street Profits have had like on Raw in the past has not been,
0: um, you know, they they were
1: really they were not they were just flailing, and so
0: yeah.
1: one of the other things that I noticed is like SmackDown Live is of course partially run by Paul Heyman and, you know, mainly with the final synopsis like this. If you know that Paul Heyman's writing anything, whether he's booking the matches or finalizing whatever promo, it's going to be good. Seth Rollins, I mean, um, I like how that promo, sorry if I skipped around, but Natty and uh, Tamina versus uh, the Riot Squad, Um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for Natty and Tamina. They're finally, you know, getting to reign as something, reign as champions. And as the champions, you know, they've given pretty much, uh, I guess, a new outlook for the women's tag team division instead of it being kind of like um, I want to compare this, into, and a lot of people have debated me on this. What Nia and Shayna were, I was like what Booker T and Goldust were. They were just comical. It wasn't to be taken seriously, and it was kind of like, oh, they're the bullies, but they're also kind of funny and comical. Ha-ha. When it also Maddie, seems like they were Mina, stuck
2: together because there wasn't much for them to do.
1: And the sad thing is, the old man really doesn't like Shayna. That's just... And I mean that in the most sincerest way. They're like, well, I wouldn't have called her up, you know? I'm like, I think a lot of people underestimate they're like, well, he did call her up. It's like, yes, but... She did kick a chicklet out of Oscar not too long ago. And two,
0: <laughs> in NXT,
1: there were a lot of complaints because she, I don't know, either she was great with workers or she took a lot to grow. Shayna has come a long way, but I digress. folks. So, oh, yes, Carmella versus Bianca Belair. Um, I don't think that match held anything special other than the fact that Bailey had to add flavor by coming to the announce table and basically I don't know I like how Bailey is trying to hone you know her new persona her new personality if you will I mean where has this been hiding if she you know it's there's really a lot of funny. things that I yeah it's really funny and it's like I I actually appreciate it because this Bailey I don't mind. And my old co host would probably say, Well you just like it because she's healed. No, I, I can hate you if you're healed too and you're doing it like really cheesy. I think Seth Rollins is working quite well simply because of how they're I building him and Cesaro for SummerSlam, I can feel it. I can I can definitely feel the build for that. But I also can tell you it's not it doesn't make sense. After WrestleMania, like the backlash You know, pay-per-view this year He doesn't come away with a championship Okay, no no worries But aren't you going to continue something between him and Roman Or is it, was it too stale for the boss? I don't know
2: Yeah, uh, that's really What a shitty, like, consolation prize You get one match with Roman And then, it, you know Back to back to the lines for you I think that's really just It's really frustrating And I feel Cesaro needs more. People want to see him wrestle for the big for the big um, belt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think my my biggest thing with the whole um, Roman Cesaro, it's like everybody. That is it just me, or is it just one person? in Singularity. I don't think Rome is anything like Hogan, but I <laughs> I'm curious. Did Cesaro outshine? Roman, is that why he moved to the back of the line is because someone bitched and complained or is the fact that they're just like, okay, well, uh, well, we're going to move on with this feud. the actual fuck, dude? The booking is getting better, okay? It's not completely terrible because I've, I've spoken to other fans and spoken to other peers of mine, all right? The booking is not the issue, it's the continuation of said booking Is the fucking problem You want to have guys like Kevin Owens And when it was hot, you know, white hot With uh, Roman You know, cause the The more you add flavor, the more you add Names into the bowl that were like once Prominent and still prominent wrestlers Now Now Kevin's feuding with Apollo Cruz And Aziz or Sneeze or whatever the Fuck the tall bastard's name is That um I'm going back to SmackDown Live as best I can. It was a future match in the Intercontinental Championship. It's like, dude, honest to Betsy, I like the uh, feud between Owens and um, Apollo Crews. There's one problem. It's way too campy and way too old school for me. I think it's great that you have outside interference because Apollo Crews really couldn't, I mean... He wasn't that, he was a standout in the NXT. A lot of people spoke positively, but when he got to main roster, it was like, okay, what do we do with him now? Now, you have him with a liaison, and I don't know how many times this gimmick has been done in wrestling, where a, a guy that can't really fucking you know work his way out of a paper bag is not the truth about Apollo Cruz. It's, can he give the audience a draw? And the only draw I see is like this dude who. Wears army boots and has like a weird Street Fighter looking mohawk, and he's a big old boy, you know, and just stabbed uh, Kevin Owens with a Nigerian nail. I'm like, dude, what in the fuck? It was so weird. Like that match for me tonight was so weird. They're like, he they got a future chance, you know, for title opportunity at Apollo Crews What? My question is to folks: is like, okay, so how much emphasis is needed? For Kevin Owens to keep constantly proving to the entire company that he is, you know, worthwhile. I mean, so you're going to bump him down to the IC title. He's going to make that title worthwhile fucking do. And three, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm not even going to touch base with how funny, how, like, interesting this whole pairing is with Elias. Just comes down the ring and plays the theme Shinsuke's theme on guitar, which is pretty badass. And now Shinsuke is a, a slosh artist? Okay. So we're not even keeping him in the fucking picture, but we're feuding him with uh, King Corbin. All right. Got it. You know, King Corbin's not your best heel. He's cookie cutter at best. Um, and a lot of my and my trainer even said he's not bad. He just he fits the profile because, you know, Once crowds come back, they're going to boo the ever-living fuck out of him. No joke. I mean, my hometown. Not to get completely off the beaten path here, folks, but when when the higher-ups take the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase away from you and you hear the, where's your briefcase? I just want to point out, folks, if you think, For one second that I'm dissing on Corbin (laughs) Just being brutally honest He wasn't the best in NXT He's a good worker But at the same time he lacks in certain areas I'm just going to leave it at that The main event What a crock of shit We knew how obvious it was going to be All of a sudden you see Ray on the ground And he's grabbing his ribs And then Dominic Mysterio has to go Two on one Because they don't have anybody else, folks, let's face it, uh, on SmackDown Live. And by they don't have anyone else, I mean, they literally just soiled together, not soiled together, smacked together the Usos,
0: and they now
1: have three tag teams that are worthwhile to watch on SmackDown Live, which is not bad, but um, so the match goes something like this. The entirety is Dominic back and forthing with Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Do I have an issue with the Mysterios? No, because they come from a long line family of wrestlers. Do I have an issue with Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler? No. But for fuck's sake, if you keep making the Mysterios larger than life gimmick type thing, okay, cool. Please tell me they're going to drop the fucking titles at at, uh, SummerSlam. Or at any point in this whole juncture, because it's bullshit. I don't care who booked it. Even if it was Paul Heyman himself, you're going to have someone get dominated and then back and forth. And then when Ray comes out, that works as as a distraction. And then he pins him one, two, three. And they're, to say, I guess, rude in them is workers trust Dominic because he's Ray's kid and he's been trained by Ray his whole entire career. I don't. I'm not fucking understanding this. I like SmackDown Live tonight. It was great, and it had great builds to it. However, I am gonna just be honest with you right now. This whole superhero act, I'm going to dominate, and I'm going to, you know, be. Building this stuff because you have to have builds, folks, and wrestling. Otherwise, uh, otherwise it'd be boring. But they can't lose a match. Are you fucking kidding me? They can't lose a match. Not one, because they're they're the superheroes and they got to be good for the kiddies and all this nonsensical bullshit. I I question that because how can the baby faces not lose? Because in life, kids, you must lose. (laughs) You have to. It's part of life none of this nonsense about oh you, you know the good guys always win no they don't
0: because life
1: would be boring unfortunately you have um, a scenario of now if they lose it's going to be one big holy fucking you know holy fucking shit they actually lost it, it just it irritates me i like ray i don't think dominic's a bad worker but i just am frustrated with the whole concept of them being like Why are they always winning? It's like they have not... It's like the Hogan Syndrome. He only got pinned by the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6.
2: He's the only
1: ultimate warrior as bad as a worker. God rest your soul, man. As bad of a worker as he was, he was the only one to physically pin Hogan 1, 2, 3. Just like... Paul Ziggler and Robert Roode, please tell me that they're going to beat them. Or maybe, you know, because a lot of people got sick of the Usos when we did have live crowds because it just got old seeing them and New Day, you know, they revived the feud at Hell in a Cell, but the Usos kind of got to be a stale concept because they didn't have any other developed tag teams to challenge them. I think that my next solution for this entire thing Maybe they should start digging from Ring of Honor again since they're going back to live shows. Maybe they should start looking at impact and seeing if any of those teams would be willing to come and jump ship. Because as far as I'm concerned, dude, the only tag teams that have really shown worth, is the Street Profits with Usos, Randy Orton, Matt Riddle. Maybe they need to cross-brand again so that there can be something fresh instead of like this whole... Let's have a feud that is going to go nowhere. Because it's really. It, it, I'm not trying to be a downer, but like Smackdown Live, I give it an A. But there's some areas that need fucking improvement upon. And that is don't make it obvious when someone gets hurt and they come out the fucking curtain. And all of a sudden, one, two, three. Like, Jesus Christ. Please do not do that shit at live shows. You only have 25 cities. Come on. Show us something. I'm sorry. That was my rant for the night. One of them.
2: Did I lose you? No, I'm still here, brother. But, the,
1: I mean, I'm not trying to be outwardly ranty, but, like, SmackDown Lies, by far. And I'm sorry, folks, but I will let Pizza Simpson get into his segment as soon as I finish my thoughts on this whole tonight. Um, so, before Pizza Simpson begins his segment, I will definitely have a better intro for him the next time around. My apologies to him and my apologies to the audience. But he did, you know, put together some really you know awesome not awesome notes, but he put together notes before tonight. And, and let's see this announcement comes follow you by Off the Rails Uncensored. So Pizza Simpson has A new segment. Do you want to unveil that for the audience tonight, my man?
2: So we're going to be going into a slice of pizza with Pizza Simpson. With some, I got some Impact notes. We'll, I'll give you my thoughts and a little feedback from from my viewing of Impact this week, and then we'll get into NXT. And um, we'll go, we'll get right into it. I watched Impact this week, and um, it starts off with a recap of last week, which was basically Rhino turning on. Keith Slater and um joining joining up with uh, Violent by Design and um cost, costing them a shot at the tag belts and uh Rhino and Joe Doring picking up the tag belts. We start off you know, we start off hot with uh, Sammy with a Sammy Callahan in ring segment who calls out Kenny Omega but uh instead of Kenny Omega he gets moose. And um I really think that um going from Ring of Honor to Impact was a huge step for step forward for Moose and it's he's really just become a star I feel just really 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 just the ace of the company just really just just in a league of his own you know um um which uh brings out the good brothers and they get into a little back and forth, so this sets up the Good Brothers versus Moose and Sammy Callahan, who have a uh, tentative uh, partnership for the night in the main event. So I think that was a pretty good opening segment for the show and um it really sets a tone for how the rest of the show goes, which uh brings up your next match, which was uh Josh Alexander who was your ex Division champion and Petey Williams versus T J P and Falla Ba. Fala ba is a uh he's a uh comedy wrestler who kind of uh I kind of he reminds me of Abdullah the Butcher a little bit, but without the blood and sports. So uh they have a basic tag match and um Petey and Josh work over Ba for a big you know, for a big chunk of the match and you know, the he uh, of the faces take over and fall Ba and T J pick up the win with a Samoan drop frog flash combo which which in uh which on paper it doesn't sound like it was that spectacular, but it it was a pretty good match. This definitely is gonna be setting up this is definitely going to be setting up TJP and Josh Alexander for the X Division title at some point. Um, your next segment was William Morrissey, the former big cash having a sit-down. He, he goes into his promo saying that the wrestling business is fake and no one has reached out during his time of need. And he was quite upset that instead of calling the, calling, calling an ambulance, um, when he had a seizure, people just people just uh, videotaped him on the ground. He was quite heated. I, I definitely enjoyed his promo, which uh, after calling out Rich Swan, Rich Swan attacks him from the side and super kicks William uh, W. Morrissey in the face. And uh, yeah, that was a nice little uh, nice little segment there. So so far so good. I'm enjoying this show, and this is. Uh, my you know i'm 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 starting to watch this show on a regular basis and i i'm definitely enjoying it your next match was a 10 knockout tag match you had um uh forgive me if i did not remember all their names but you had um uh sue young kira kira hogan uh Tenille dashwood uh, pretty much a, a, a all your knockouts in one match. I really enjoy that Sue Young, the former creepy girl, she's playing a uh she's playing a straight laced Karen just named Susan and she wrestles in a power suit. I really, really enjoy that. Rosemary picked up the win with a um I didn't see what the finish was, but Rosemary picked up the win over Diana Pedrazzo, definitely setting up your uh Setting up your main event, setting up your uh, pay-per-view match. Um, I kind of little checked out a little bit during uh, during some of the promos. So uh, Scott Demore sets up Josh Alexander versus TJP for a Iron Man match for the next week's show. We get we get a promo from Jake something, and he's cutting he's cutting his promo on Raji. I didn't catch the guy's last name. Sorry, but uh, yeah, that was a good promo there, and then uh, another good promo. Another good promo from uh, Eric Young, which brings out New Japan legend Satoshi Kojima, which uh, I personally, I personally enjoy because because Koji has been around, been around for a long, long, long time, and definitely has the credentials to. Um, to have a good match here in, in, in impact wrestling. This is definitely a big, this is definitely a big um, signing or not signing, but a definitely a big match matchup for them. So um, this, uh, we go to into a commercial break and this brings out a Brian Myers pom- promo who attacks his former friend, Brian, uh, Zach Ryder. I think his name is Matt Cordona now. Um, then we get another promo by Violent by Design, which is Eric Young and Joe Doring. And that was interrupted by the decay. And uh, Violent by Design, Joe Doring accepts the uh, challenge from Kojima. So that's going to be on your pay-per-view, which is um, for the Japanese wrestling fans, that's pretty much a big deal because... Uh, Koji is a huge New Japan legend, and All Japan is Joe Doring's Joe Doring's home company before he jumped ship and moved to Impact. Usually in Japan, usually in Japan, there's not a lot of co-mingling between the companies, especially the All Japan and New Japan, which is essentially the two biggest wrestling companies in over there. So. Um, we get a we get a squash match from the Decay the over they defeat um, Johnny Swinger and Hernandez, which was pretty much a throwaway match. Uh, Steve um, Crazy Steve hits Johnny Swinger with a flying DDT, and in the main event, Moose and Sammy Callahan go. Um, Moose and Callahan versus the Good Brothers, which was this, you know your basic your basic tag team match with the Good Brothers picking up the win with the Magic Killer. After the match, Moose uh, Moose hits a uh, spear on Sammy Callahan to to uh, to hammer at home that Moose is ready for Kenny Omega. I personally enjoyed this show. I personally feel that. Impact has really done a good job as, at making do with the wrestlers that they have. I feel that they're 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 giving they're giving good matches. I think that's what's ultimately the 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 thing here. I think that yeah, I think there's just a, I think they're just really surviving and staying in their own lane, and I think they're actually succeeding at really being an alternative. To ring, to, I'm sorry, uh, being an alternative to WWE and seeming like it's its own thing and not just WWE light. I yeah, see, Impact
1: for me as I've observed some of it and just to my friend you know he said hey you should check them out. It's kind of a good story because. As cheesy as Kimmy Omega can be You know, dude's actually a good worker And the Good Brothers And uh, My God, you mentioned some familiar names uh, Sammy Callahan and Moose Who I have not seen In quite a while And
2: they're like, well, he's been around
1: Yes, I do realize this But I, I also want to point out, folks Sammy Callahan Is this, like, a great Musical composer he knows, okay, this works, but this you know, also works. Let's try switching things up. Let's try moving people around. Let's not keep them in the same place in the card. Um, not to completely douse or diss WWE, but sometimes the card stays stale. Sometimes it moves around. When it does move around, it's very refreshing. So I like what Impact is doing. I think that their product is like he said. It's they're staying in their lane and they're surviving. It's very hard because when you're not well known to the general viewing public, it's hard to put your product out there as a promotion in general. But people do for some wrestling fans. We know who <clears throat> Sammy Callahan is. We know who Moose is. We know who the Good Brothers are. For damn sure, before WWE, Matt Cardona. I'm gonna say this nicely Is a really cool dude And Um Essentially I think it's old school For Kenny Omega To say Well hey We bought out Impact You know We're gonna make them Part of our territory In AEW Um I Not keeping up with AEW So far Um In this month Last month It was heavy Because You know Before Pizza came along It was difficult to keep track Of like Four promotions at once So Uh I gotta ask, man, so you said we discussed this earlier, and it had been a minute since you watched uh the black and gold brand, and you were thoroughly impressed with it
0: yeah i was
2: uh i was uh i was impressed with um my 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 viewing of NXT, and i think like my my absence from the show really it really just I don't want to, I don't, it's not anything that they did anything bad per se. It's just it kind of like lost its luster, if that makes sense. It does make
1: sense because they lost a lot of like key pieces to their puzzle. You can't have NXT without certain members because it's hard. The classes that come in, like the very first class, we you know. I wouldn't say the very first class from 2013, uh, 2009, you know, they had Justin Gabriel, Wade Barrett, and a bunch of Tony Slater and all them, and a young Brian Danielson and all that. But when 2013, 2014 came around, and you had guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, Sammy Zayn, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, Dean Ambrose is now Moxley. Um, you have Aleister Black, and you had Andrade Almas and Selena Vega, and all the fucking pieces that made okay Gargano Champa. Even though that chapter started getting old, and so when you think on it, folks, there's always going to be a class of NXT that stands out, but it's hard because you gotta. You gotta put some pieces back like you do with um you know, Finn Balor because there's some talent that needs some push. Carrying Cross, dear Lord, um I don't know what they plan on doing with Cross. I honestly don't. Uh, he's gotten a little better, but at the same time he still sucks. To be honest with you, he can't really fucking oh.
2: work.
1: If I'm
0: being
2: You know, I feel like he just needs a little time. I think the NXT – I think a a run on NXT will be good for him. I just hope that he isn't pushed up to the main roster right away.
1: I – okay. I think, if I'm not mistaken, like he – what a friend of mine and I were discussing Was this To people who don't work You know To people who do uh, watch as fans It's like okay I think this is what I'm going to say About Karrion Cross. The Killer Cross before he made His debut in WWE The guy Wasn't that great of a worker And somehow managed to find His way into WWE Because this is just a personal observation. When you're big as fuck and you look good and you have a gimmick and it's basic, whether you're heel or face, it's just, you know, like you said, you got to give him time to
2: grow. Well, and he's got that hot-ass heater in the corner too. That also helps. And that definitely amplifies his uh, his presentation.
1: Yeah. My my biggest uh, piece, though, is, is, like, Scarlett, you know, I understand she's from Impact, and people have explained to me certain things, and they're just like, well, maybe it's just your perspective. I said, yes, there's always two perspectives in anything that's a discussion. I just feel that she is, if she's his valet, why does she not ever run Interference? If you had Sherry out there with Shawn Michaels, and I'm going to point this out, the match with Tito Santana and Shawn Michaels back at WrestleMania eight was fucking pointless because Sherry didn't do shit. Whenever she's out there, all you hear is say is, come on, and she pounds Matt. As a former manager dude and a former worker, that is an insult to managers. Yeah, she's eye candy, so she doesn't really have to do much. But to the other females that have to work every single night, Okay so are you going to make her like As Lena Vega You know cause it, it just It makes me Wonder like about okay So you, you set up the final Or finale With him and Finn Balor and then Pete Dunne Wants to get into the fold so it's just like oh. It is a big cluster fucking And you have Kyle O'Reilly who wants to Pine for the NXT championship Who wouldn't want to pine for that But um as far as, like, the new talent goes, it's very hard, like you said, to get behind what NXT has right now because we were so spoiled with the years past um, when McIntyre came back, when, you know, when they were having uh, Bailey and Sasha come down to NXT to basically help boost the fucking morale. Or when they had uh, Shana and Nia, you know, vacate the title, so NXT could make NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. I mean, there are other factors, folks, that NXT has going for them. It's just keep running with it, make you know, make with what do you know, like what Impact was doing. And so I feel like I still love it because it's wrestling. You know, I mean, I'm being real with you guys tonight, man. I feel like NXT is lacking in certain areas. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It it never used to be, okay, we watch main roster, and now main roster's starting to improve all of a sudden because we're going back to live city tours. When NXT goes back live, all they're probably, and and Danny Cage from Monster Factory said it best, they don't need to fucking tour. Because you you have a full-sale audience, again, that's going to help a lot. I think part of it, dude, and just my opinion, having a crowd will be brutally honest for those of them who have not worked fucking wrestling, you know, matches with crowds. And the NXT is lacking a crowd. And that fucking canned heat shit is hard, man. Because if you're a fucking heel, how are you going to fucking work the match with no heat? And in fucking canned heat, it's just like, boo, and it sounds like a fucking video game. Two... Who's their main event guys? There's like five of them floating around. That okay, Pete Dunne, Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Where are you? I don't know why Tommaso Ciampa disappeared from the fucking main. Oh wait, now they put him with a tag team because I don't know what's going on. They put him with Timothy
2: Thatcher. He's tagging with uh, Timothy
1: Thatcher. Yes. And uh, the GYV, they are one of my favorite tag teams for a reason. Um, so, uh, did you, did you uh, make- watch
0: NXT this week?
1: Um, actually, I watched the, the of- yeah. I watched the replay. I watched the replay. It was not bad.
2: Yeah. So how'd you feel about that how'd you feel about that first match, Shotzi and Ember versus uh Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai? Which which both I like that match a lot. I like both teams a lot, to be honest with you.
1: I think that if if you ask my opinion on Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai and, and the Ember and Shotzi, I think it's perfect because, well, both teams are a contrast. They can tell who's the heel, and you can tell who's the face.
0: Although, I will yeah, say... One exactly. thing about Raquel
1: Gonzalez. Yeah, like I, I don't care like when people say, oh, she knows sold it. Well, welcome to modern-day wrestling, folks, where you can give like a gajillion moves like Rhea Ripley did with Raquel Gonzalez and still, you know, no fucking payoff because that bitch does not know how to sell. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm not sorry, but that is just my honest opinion of Raquel Gonzalez.
2: She's not... You know what? I agree to an extent. I think that it might have been a little too soon for her to have that title because I feel that NXT women's title does have some prestige. But I enjoyed this match a lot. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel, like, I felt that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez kind of gave me HBK Diva vibes.
1: I just Okay, so I've always felt this way About professional wrestling lockers Man, I feel like Raquel Gonzalez Is a sweetheart outside the ring Dakota Kai, same thing Uh, When you say diva vibes Yes, because It depends on I guess the entire locker room and how much respect they have for one another. I'm pretty sure they all get along. You know, they just don't show you because they don't want to break the ever so fame non-existent word now kayfabe. Um, I I don't know, dude. I've not been around Raquel
2: long enough to say. Or, to, or no, Dakota I didn't say diva, brother. I said I said I got Deco- uh, from Dakota Kai, from Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I got HBK. And Diesel vibes, not Diva vibes.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, HBK, huh? Oh, my God. I, okay. I, There's a few I mean, people.
2: just the way they worked off of each other and played off each other with the big little combo, I kind of liked it.
1: Oh, Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how well that's going to end, then, because that gimmick's been revived. And for those true wrestling fans, you know Diesel back in '93 used to be Vinny Vegas, remember, or Oz. And uh, then when he came to WWF back in the day, they said, "How about you make him bodyguard?" And then it he okay, so Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, yes, the way Dakota Kai. Her kicks and uh, Let's see here Raquel Gonzalez Is basically your powerhouse Okay Cool Awesome I, I well, Speaking of women's tag teams Outside of those four women I don't know why But I, I just feel like They're like oh we gotta get a new look You know for tag team championships Don't mind I honestly don't. Andy Hartwell and Candice LeRae are a good contrast. Also, um, and you want to talk about Diesel and Sean? There's another example right there. Um, you, you the big and little combo. I don't know. I like that. I concept, you know, conceptualization between uh, Candice and Andy. It just seems that some part of me believes that the way it was made to be a comical group. To begin with So I don't know If the tag titles Brought some credibility To them But um, I do like Indy And I do like Candace, She's very cool um, But back to The whole Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez Theory I eventually feel That if In the near future If they're like Anything like Sean and Diesel That pairing Raquel Gonzalez Has to break away She has to become An individual Maybe oh, not so yeah. much yet. Not so much yet, but I think Dakota Kai. She did what Bailey could not do in the beginning, and Bayley is doing late, but it's better late than never, I guess. Um, I, I personally feel that uh, Dakota Kai, if if she was to face off with Bailey, would be an awesome match. Um, I also feel that Raquel Gonzalez has a lot to learn. Simply because I think the title was given to her a little too soon, but at the same token, NXT needs a different look as a champion because Io Shirai, her winning the impossible matches every single time, was getting old. And
2: uh, well, let's see. I let's go on to the season. next segment. Let's go. Let's let's break this show down. So uh, we get a, the next segment is a uh, promo from Champa and Thatcher. Personally, I like them as a tag team. What do you think?
1: I think that Thatcher needed Champa to elevate his career because the other they they tried to elevate Thatcher by him being the bully. You know, like you can't break my submission, and they're like, wait, wait, we've done this before. It's been you know it's been done. Chris Masters. I think that it's great. I think that Champa helps a lot of the talent out. From what I understand, he helps run Evolve. That sure happened to be one of his favorite students. Evolve is done, my friend. I know, Evolve. I know. I know. But I'm saying he was one of his favorite students during that time. Okay. Because if you don't have any live audiences, what are you going to do? The developmental just goes in the straight. Okay, we recruited you from this indie circuit, blah, 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 blah. Shmaso <laughs> Champa helps one of my good friends, Cameron Bernay, who's one of the developmental talents. So he helps a lot of talent. He helps a lot of talent and not just Timothy Thatcher, dude. Like Now who, this is a different subject for a different day. But look, he helped Velveteen Dream. He helped Alistair Black. I mean, he kind of lured a lot of people in. You say Tomasa Champa's name, and a lot of talent's gonna perk their ears up and go, "What?" All you
0: know, right. You, know, uh,
1: career, you look at you look at Thatcher's career, dude. To begin with, it wasn't that great. It started out with you know him being recruited by the Imperium, and remember how well that worked.
0: I'm
2: sorry. Say it again. I lost said, you. You remember him?
1: Do you remember him being recruited by
2: Imperium? Um, or Timothy Jimmy? Thatcher was around for a long time before he got to WWE, and. uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went with Imperium because he tagged with um he tagged with Walter for such a long time in Germany.
0: I know
1: that, but what I'm telling you is it's like before his career in WWE, yes, I am well aware that he's been around for so much longer than his WWE career, but I I feel that him going to Chompa gave a little flavor. Actually, you know what? You bring up an interesting pairing in my head now. <laughs> Walter and Thatcher, holy crap. That would actually be a tag team to look out for in the near future, if it is to happen. But
2: anyways, continue my man. All right, so uh, let's bring up this next segment, the next match, which was uh, Pete Dunne and Bobby Fish um great back and forth match here with a lot a lot of stiff strikes with uh Pete Dunn picking up the win with um the um i forgot the name of his move but picking up you know, the bitter end Pete dun picking up the win with bitter end what'd you think about that match pal i like you said,
1: very back and forth you know the technical for technical bobby fish and Pete Dunn have always been ground workers and they can also go aerial because of their height and it's just there there's so many moments that may if there, if there was a crowd I'd be chanting holy shit and this is awesome because I cannot I am very very excited for what Bobby fish and Pete Dunn just did because it gives you a preview and there's no undisputed anymore there's no Group with Pat McAfee they broke that up Okay
0: I think it was good
1: I think it was you know if it's going to be Back and forth and in the way You know if it ends in favor of Pete Dunne I'm okay with that I really honestly at this point In my life man I used to get Mad at results because oh yeah It doesn't make sense booking wise no It makes perfect sense Yeah I enjoyed that
2: match I Next up, we got a squ- next 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 uh next up we got a squash match from Mercedes Martinez, which um uh, I I like keep her in the mix, keep her looking strong, and I didn't mind a squash because I up until this point I felt like the show was uh going really strong, and I didn't mind a little breaking point to just uh take a stretch, take a lap.
1: <laughs> I think. It- they're trying to, uh, I guess, season her because there are times when Mercedes Martinez has some moments where, you know, she herself, you know, she works really hard, you know, but then she also kind of gets lost in the ring. So they're kind of trying to give her some, I wouldn't say warm-up assignments because these are very talented girls that work their asses off in the PC. But... um Yeah, Mercedes Martinez, I agree. You know, they need to keep her in the mix because I don't know if they're going to try and have her face off with uh, Raquel Gonzalez again. I don't know what the plans are for her, but I I can tell you it's good to keep someone fresh in wrestling instead of bored or complacent or blaming themselves. Because I think that kind of happened to Mia Yim once upon a time.
2: So... So uh, don't mind me because um, I was marathoning. I, I was marathoning shows. So yeah, I uh, fast forward. I fast forwarded through some some stuff just because. Believe me, I can't take. I I can't watch all that much wrestling because I'm going to just lose my interest. And um, so this brings us to the uh, the uh, Frankie Monet debut, which was another big squash of Valkyrie makes her NXT debut. How'd you, how, What'd you? What'd you make of? Uh, what'd you make of Frankie Monet?
1: Oh goodness. Um, I don't know, man. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that I was unimpressed. It's just I have seen this before type thing. I'm, I'm very excited, but also it's like I've seen this before. They make a very good impression, and then they get going, and then you don't know. So I'm hoping they keep her around. I really do. I like her gimmick a lot. I, <laughs> I enjoyed they- Frankie
2: Monet because uh, she made a lot of noise, which I really enjoyed. And um, I really, really laughed out loud when she uh, kept calling herself, loca, which was just so funny. I just found that so, so funny. I laugh too Because
1: it's like At least it's like you said It's something different And it gives it flavor It gives the women's division flavor Instead of just having Straight up matches every single week And then Someone attacks the other person And then someone gets on the microphone And says how about you Challenge me this week I think the biggest I wouldn't say disappointment Although I think she kind of is Tony Storm, what happened here? I mean, I'm just going to lay out the challenge for you. When you were in NXT UK, you were the bell of the ball, and you were great. You were the NXT UK Women's Champion. After the fact that you know Rhea Ripley was the first ever NXT UK Women's that would shock the fuck out of everyone. Actually, no, she. Okay, look. <laughs> when we're getting on the subject, because Frankie Monet's, you know. She showed some flavor. Tony Storm was supposed to liven it up, according to one of my questions, which was from last week's show. She was supposed to liven it up, and they asked, Why, what do you think of Tony Storm? I said, I don't think she's bad. I just think that if you're going to liven it up, and I answered the question that you basically said tonight, you know, Ty Valkyrie or Frankie Monet, I think you need flavor. And I think Frankie Monet I think Bianca Belair, I think Sasha Banks. I think of a lot of women when you want to add flavor to a division that's getting better. But I just, I had to answer that question because a fan from the UK actually asked, "What is the deal? You know, what do you think Tony Store's biggest deal is?" But I said, "I don't know." Sorry to get off topic here, but had to answer your question, dude. <sighs> okay. So we got the right. main
2: event. Moving forward, <laughs> okay. Moving carrying uh Carrying Cross versus uh Finn Balor for the NXT title. This was uh this was the uh big match of the night. Um mm-hmm. so I uh I enjoy Carrying Cross's work. I think he's uh I think it's pretty cool, I guess. But um, I thought his uh, intro or his uh, his entrance was a bit too – it was a little over the top, and I felt it was kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> his entrance is great. Like, his promos are awesome. It's just there's one problem. When you're not uh, – when other people look at you that have been around this business – for a while, at this sport, this crazy thing called wrestling, <laughs> and I look at him. I'm not really scared at all. Intimidated? No. Because a friend of mine, Kurt Gannon, basically said, I "Look at him. He's not intimidating, and he his in ring work. Um, it's basic. You know, he gives you a suplex or a side throw, or he gives you you know the whole uh, feeling of Sid Vicious or Psycho Sid, just a tad bit um, with his shit." Um, I feel that if, you know, I, I honestly get the itch to get back in the ring to when I see him because I honestly was like, well, it can be working. I said, dude, I honestly feel that Carrying Cross's shit is just basic and it's very fucking generic, which, okay, fine. No way Jose made it to the main roster. So why shouldn't Karrion Kross? Like you said, you gotta give him room to work. I've given him about four months and you know what this guy has done so far for me? When he faced Tommaso Ciampa at in your house, I felt like there was room to improve. When he faced Finn Balor and won, you know, the NXT championship before, I thought, Okay, there's room to work. When I saw this match, it's just the same. Sh- I mean, some people are like, "Well, I like his work. He's great. He's a big guy." And I don't know, man. Differing opinions. This is just me.
0: There's room
1: to there's room to roam. If he would just fucking let loose. If he would just let go. And let that mean, nasty, big dude just come out and work that fucking gimmick the way it's supposed to, I don't know, maybe he might actually catch somebody's fucking attention. But until then,
2: I'm not I don't know, man. Past, he, man. Beat, he, he beat Finn pretty soundly. I don't know if we were watching the same match.
1: <laughs> I, I feel that he he's just, every match to me feels like one giant squash on people that have been around longer than him. And I feel like his his killer cross gimmick to me way better than what he's doing in WWE. It feels like he's condensed. Like they're letting him.
0: No lose, letting way!
1: Him
2: like, well, no know. way! Dude, his impact I run was being serious. so much smaller. This is this is uh, this is his killer cross gimmick, if, if you will, and take it to another to another level. He did not have the same pre- presentation two years ago.
0: Is He'll is be on WWE TV radio. in
2: probably the next, like, few months.
1: I'm not surprised that it'll be called up to Maine because you know who has a business boner for big guys like him. And two, when you take this, a guy that has suplexes in his repertoire, in his moveset, not just the suplexes, it's the... Kicking out at one and, you know, not even giving the guy the opportunity because you're not supposed to as a big guy. You're not supposed to let people make you their doormat or their bitch. But if I'm being honest, you know, when he got injured, I was kind of happy because it's like this. Uh I'm not happy that he was injured, but I was like, okay, maybe he needs a break to repackage and, you know, just, Okay. Let's go back to the drawing board type thing just a little bit with Scarlett. Scarlett, all she is, like I said earlier, was eye candy. I'm not saying she didn't work hard to get to the main roster, but basically, um, for me, it's not that he's a bad talent. It's, I just, and this is just from personal observation, if you're going to go into a match as a big This is going to be interesting to see in the near future. I may be curious to see this. Braun Strowman versus Carrion Cross. I want to see if he can get clearance on the big guy, you know, for a German. Or not just a German, but a T-bone. Or any other flavor of move that he can give in the ring. It's just something. There's something missing from him. Just like my friend, I don't know. He said there's something missing from Aleister Black.
2: And I said,
1: how? He says there's something off about him. I said,
2: I, you know, for a dark gimmick. He's 180 pounds. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's what I, He's reached his I ceiling. What I mean,
1: size, size is like one of the things that's hard for Aleister Black. His kick, though, with Gargano... Basically, you know, help call a match because he was a fucking heel to take over Brooklyn match. Wow. He actually kicked Gargano in the fucking face. Two, like, if, for me, your gimmick doesn't have to be extraordinary, but you just have to be able to... There has to be something extra in him. And I know that Hunter's probably satisfied. Sean's probably satisfied because his promos aren't bad. His in-ring shit It could use some touching up Is all I'm saying If I, you know, if I get the edge To be back in the ring with him I'm like, hmm, I wonder how he would do In this style of match hmm, I wonder how he would do In this style of match Because if you really break him down All he is Is not a glorified big guy He's a big guy But holy fuck If I'm to really put my finger on it, it's there needs to be some touching up to this kid. He's not a kid, he's the dude in wrestling. So they're pushing for him to be the next guy. Finn's been wanting, speaking of Finn Balor, Balor uh, has been reported as to wanting to go back to main roster when they're just going to crap all over you again.
2: You know, I think season. the lack of star power on NXT, with the lack of star power on NXT, I feel if Finn leaves, I feel that would hurt, that would hurt the NXT roster that was, because I think the NXT roster I is a little depleted.
1: NXT is definitely depleted because of what the pandemic did to it. I mean, look, how many guys didn't want to risk their health, you know, in the ring, you know, Kyle O'Reilly eight for one and then Undisputed. The win coming out of those sales was time because, I mean, three, almost four years of them dominating the entire black and gold brand. It just, I like Adam Cole. I think that he,
0: he's fucking,
1: you know, narcissistic, you know, but at the same time, he's a good dude. Um, as far as entertainment value goes, I think NXT's putting some nice stuff together. I'm not totally negative about it, but I... I just watch, and this is what I'm feeling. You know, all the NXT executives, you know, they sit there and go, "Okay, what can we throw together for a show?" It's very difficult to put together a promotion, you know, that's been running for the last five or eight years, I should say, um, with the limited amount of roster that you have, and if Finn Balor left. It only be his salary, which was I don't I don't know the estimated amount, but I know that you make fifty grand starting out if you're a low low tier name from the Indies that was hot in the Indies. I know that they make anywhere upwards from three hundred fifty grand, or to the discretion of how much they get paid on the totem pole. I also know that main rosters average is one million to five million, so yeah, it's a big jump, and that's why Ria, and that's why Bianca, and that's why. A lot of names went to Maine. But long story short, man, to get back to the whole Carry and Cross scenario. Um for me, from from just from my personal observations of him, there have been matches that I wanted to rip my fucking hair out over because Ciampa barely got any fucking shine in your house and Ciampa's gonna be like, Well, I'm fucking fine with it, I'm getting fucking paid. Of course you are. And two his match with Finn Balor, I'm sure Balor doesn't give two fucks because, again, he's getting paid. Does the quality match matter anymore to these guys? Sure. They don't want to have a shitty match because when the audiences come back, and they're coming back shortly, are they going to be picky bastards? Yes. Are they going to boo carry, cross? Of course, that's the goal. He's the fucking healed. Is his main roster probably going to cheer his ass? I don't know. But to be fair, like you said, he needs room to grow. Yeah, I agree with you on that aspect. I just feel like by room to grow, it's not just moveset, it's fucking presence.
2: Uh, How do I put this? I mean, I I don't know what you're not saying. The guy is all presence. And he's two hundred and sixty-five pounds in an era where guys are barely two hundred. And he's got a I super hot—he's got a super the- God, hot girlfriend in the corner. I mean, I don't know what you're asking. I don't know what you're asking for or looking for. I mean, the guy's the guy's NXT him. champion for a reason.
0: <laughs> well, no,
1: let him loose. Otherwise, fans are going to be like, hmm. I'm going to say this nicely. You can be the biggest gimmick in the whole wide world, but once is, he's just generic and fucking bland to me. Like, if I watch him over and over again, his offense is the same. And who does that remind me of? It, it brings me back to my Lesnar complex. Lesnar is the same in the ring. I don't have a fucking issue with Lesnar being the goddamn heel. I really, you need a guy that you can absolutely fucking hate. And to me, Caring Cross is the guy that I don't hate, but it's like, boy, your match is boring as fuck. It's the same goddamn offense. Okay, let's try something different, kid. So let's, you know, Champa said I'm going to do DDT draped off the ropes. So you're telling me that a guy, to Masco Champa's prowess and presence as a veteran, is going to allow this guy, this new this newbie, and in your house, to basically domineer and dominate. A match, not even let Chompa get any kind of fucking shine to build him up. That's not building, carrying cross up. That makes him look fucking weak. That makes me. Mean. Can you throw? Can you actually have a match with me? Is what I would say. Is like, okay, I wouldn't say in that rude connotation. I mean, okay, let's lock up, and I'm gonna throw you off the ropes, and you're gonna shoulder tackle me. I'm gonna, okay, let's think about this, Shall we? He's gonna beat my ass if I was a that... So, wait, wait, wait wait, 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 wait. wait.
2: So, Frost getting too much offense in on Ciampa makes him look weak?
1: No. I'm saying, if you don't let... If there's not a back and forth with a guy like Ciampa, does it matter? Is it is kind of a shot value thing? Maybe. Uh, but at the same token, I was kind of like, okay, when I saw that match back at In Your House takeover, I was thinking, okay, this got to be a back and forth match there's got to be some back and forth feel to this it doesn't have to be back and forth all the time but what i'm saying is it has to be a match it just felt like you squashed a huge ass name and it made him look weak because it's like okay so you're going to have him squash every name in the book so you're making him like the ultimate warrior essentially he's i don't know if he's difficult to work with obviously not because some of these guys know him some of these guys have worked him But at the same token, you're giving him the complex of I'm bigger than you, I can beat you, I can dominate you, and I won't even have to put up a fight. That's bullshit. That's going to get him to be public enemy fucking number one when he gets to the main roster. Oh, so you're going to dominate Braun Strowman too? Are you going to dominate fucking Lashley? Are you going to dominate Matt Riddle? I mean these guys are in like, saying he's, you, wait, you're saying
2: he's gonna grow a complex wait, you're gonna say he's growing a complex because he's booked strongly?
1: If he gets dude, what I'm telling you is if he gets booked like this, then he'll get to main roster and feel, Okay, now I can dominate everybody too That's just how I feel like they're booking him. And I'm not saying that he can't lose, but I'm just saying like it feels like the way that they're they're building and building and building him. Look what they did to Aleister Black. Aleister Black and him are uh-huh. doing completely different gimmicks. But Aleister Black, who was like a very strong champion, gets the main roster. What did they do?
2: They have this stupid they,
0: knock at the door. They
2: stuck him, him in a tag team with completely. Ricochet. Ugh. That's, that's
0: what they did. That's
2: the, it's, that's completely different. What you're saying? What you're saying is what. Um, so what what's going on here is they're booking him completely strong like they did when they first brought in Oscar. So by booking him strong and he gets to the main roster and when he finally takes losses, it won't hurt him.
0: Okay, and when and when Alister
2: Bra- when Alister Black came in, he was instantly cooled by pairing mm-hmm. him in a tag team.
1: That's the problem, though, because if Vince doesn't see you, and as long as he's in power, because he's the one that gets the finalization, he's not the one that has complete control over
2: the creative process. I know this. So, like, yes, he a lot is. Of us
1: know this. You don't have to be. I,
2: I know. <laughs> the old <laughs> but, man says what goes. That's it. And with Aleister Black not being a big personality, he a big guy and not being a person that could be recognized in an airport, he's not going to be booked strongly. And with Karrion Cross being he 265, uh, he's going to be booked strongly.
1: With Keith Lee, that's another thing. With Keith Lee, it was a – well, I think, yeah, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross did cross paths. Keith Lee they did. got to the main roster. Dude, was yeah, he was
2: phenomenal, right?
1: But now we haven't seen him in how long – because,
2: because he's shaped like I a potato
0: <laughs> I mean, let's be honest The
2: WWE is a superficial company And let's be honest What else could there be? You have a good point You bring up a good point And I'm glad you broke the
1: <laughs> the thing Because, you know um uh, I can get you on speakerphone Well yeah like we. The thing is, dude. Like we're gonna take a, a breather, if you will, folks. Because uh, this is the point in the show when, uh, if uh, and this is the first time he stayed on long enough, Pizza Simpson has stayed on, folks. Uh, the following content contains excellent language. I dropped more f bombs than fucking D Day. Um, off the rails uncensored is a coin phrase podcast from March 7, 2016. All rights reserved. 2021. This commentary may provide controversial viewpoints and opinions provided by Pizza Simpson and Brian Rails. If you do not agree with the opinions or lack thereof, then we are not responsible for the offensive language that your children or anyone else brings forward. All right, folks. So get ready because buckle up. Get ready to get both inside the heads of Pizza Simpson and myself. As we, well, you know, the saying folks, before I say, before you, you know, get on, and get ready, buckle up, because you get out to get inside two brains instead of one. So uh, two for one special hit our fucking music. You yeah. get. From all the carry across discussion And main roster Of fuck ups and what have you 25 city tour I'm excited I am excited Because Finally get to go live And critique In our own heads And what we have missed Critiquing, or critiquing but seeing live man Live fucking shows I don't know about you, man. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm
2: excited to see full crowds.
0: Yeah, I think it should be fun.
2: I think it should uh, give, give the uh, business a shot in the arm, to be honest. None of this canned heat, nonsensical bullshit. It's just going to be great to hear no. all the booze. I'm going to be honest with you. One of the reasons that I stopped watching NXT is I really hated the presentation through the, pand- just the pandemic era. And I just felt like it was just dark. And it just felt like they were fighting in a empty hockey stadium or something.
1: Also, didn't you say that from your prior experience of being an audience member for WWE, they told you what to say?
2: Yes. Or yes, I did. When I when I was um, on the Thunderdome, or when I was a face on the Thunderdome, I was being told what to say. I and um, what mean not what to say, but who to cheer for, and it became kind of uh, jarring to have a, a hype man in my ear and to listen to the commentary at the same time. I I really, it was not an enjoyable experience.
1: Gee, isn't the whole purpose of having a virtual audience, to be honest, you know? I just want to, I know I dig a lot at WWE, but isn't the whole purpose of the goddamn thing to be honest with yourselves? I mean, if your show is sucky, which it has been for a long time in some aspects, in some aspects it's been good. There's only been a few moments Where the audience has been able to relate And then when they gave us an audience I was happy at Wrestlemania 37 I was like oh man I don't care as long as I hear An audience that's all that matters And then it got past that point um, Where now they've Decided to Embark on a 25 city tour And I can tell you right now man Like I really want to be interactive with the shows. again. I want to see it live, and the prices are a bit pricey. I just got to say, it's like $173, I think, for the the show at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. I don't know how much they're going to be charging folks in Texas don't give a fuck. They're going to show up at the American Airlines Center. They're going to show up at the Toyota Center. Majority of the shows are like found new homes, and like the advertisements and stuff that go on TV, and not just WWE folks. AEW is doing a city tour too, man, through the East Coast and West Coast and some parts of the Midwest. I mean, I don't care what it is. It's just at the point where I'm like, I want to go to a goddamn wrestling show. It has been since Royal Rumble 2020 in Houston the last live wrestling show that I actually fucking attended.
0: I don't even remember
2: my last one.
0: It's just when you I have think my last some so show long. was when AEW came to Kansas City. So
1: your last show was Silver when it was the Silverstein. I, I don't know what they call it now. If it's still Silverstein, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, just as negative as I am about. WWE, it's like, wow, I just, I miss being negative in person. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I just, I just, you know what I mean? It's like, I miss critiquing your bullshit. God damn you. You know, it's like, I can't wait till 2022 when there's been rumors circulating around about, I don't know, this is just, just <laughs> some of my friends who play 2K20 or 2K21 or whatever. There've been rumors circulating around about NXT Japan. I don't know how they're going to do that when
2: I read that JW too. is very, huh? I read that too. Oh, you? But I. But uh, yeah. let's let's jump ahead. And um, I just read today that the thing is, that the thing that's going on right now is a. Uh, there's there, WWE is trying to work out an exclusive deal with uh, exclusively deal with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which would end their which would end their partnership probably with AEW and Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, I think it would because if they make it exclusive, then that puts a whole drafting point. And like I told you, it'd be interesting that now people are bringing up, oh, NXT Japan. I was like, well, if they're going to do fucking shows, they could do them out of wherever Hunter decides. Since he's how he runs NXT, I would just tell you, if they run NXT Japan into the ground, I would hope not. Fucking hope not, because why there's always a there's always a focal point, because NXT UK, look what happened to them. They're not bad. I just, be I have a hard time watching them without certain elements. You know, they
2: don't have Rhea Ripley no more.
1: They don't have Tony Storm I think, anymore.
2: Pete Dunne. I think NXT oh, UK was struggling to find its footing, but I feel that whooped look- when uh, Walter came on, I feel like it gave it some legitimacy, and Walter gives uh, Walter gives NXT UK matches that big fight steal, which I feel wrestling is lacking in general.
1: I think Walter is kind of like the Andre the Giant factor for them. It's like anybody that goes up against Walter and beats him is in the, you know, like a good. A good guy that can fight him And there's seldom few, so once they go back to live house Shows again for NXT, maybe they might be Able to commingle again The main roster from NXT and NXT That would help them a lot I also feel that these live shows Like, these live shows Are going to help Promotions like Ring of Honor Who can go back to, you know If they stay in The East Coast That's fine they don't. I mean, they can do. They can still do city tours, but when Cody left and you know made AEW, Jericho left and helped along, and Sammy Guevara and all them. It it's not that Ring of Honor is going to die because I've heard a lot of my uncles say, "Okay, we're still going strong," which they are, and they they're really trying. It's just when this pandemic hit, when you're performing in wrestling, number one, when you're Doing live shows and you're doing Tours and then those tours get cancelled That takes away, it doesn't take away Your income, it just takes away uh, Your ability To perform as a heel, as a face As anything And The cues from the crowd Like if the baby face is making a comeback And You know, you don't hear the fucking Pounding on the fucking railing Or you know clapping And it gives you the hint, okay we're starting To come back some guys, it's really hard without an audience. And I'm glad that the, the audiences are coming back because, fuck, somebody needs to give WWE the look for and, and and AEW and all them guys. But, boy, like, well, you guys, it's not that they're lacking in some areas of the show. It's the fact that the honesty, the crowd brings a certain kind of honesty for the wrestlers. And the wrestlers say they miss us. I guarantee fuck to you you won't when you go back to the East Coast, just saying that's where I let me give that's you a come let from. me give
2: you a quick sidebar. I have AEW on in the background which uh was preempted by the NBA playoffs and uh Daily Center is Daily Center is full tonight. They have a full crowd.
1: Awesome. <sighs> I just, I feel that it, I don't care what promotion it is. I think it's cool that they have a full crowd. That's fucking awesome.
2: I, even though I'm vaccinated, I would still just would want to be safe and just have my mask on just to be, just to be, just to take precaution. I, that's just my own thing. Especially in Florida. I,
1: you got it. <laughs> you got to go with comfort Because some people have not been vaccinated And they're trying to fool everyone Saying <laughs> they have It's like What are you going to do um, I, I feel like uh, If you want to be safe my friend And going to shows I have more power to you Because It's very important Safety wise If you if you Go to a show and you and you, pro- and you're, even though you've been vaccinated, I applaud you, dude, because it's being safe. So, yeah, more power
2: to you. Yeah. Yes, that's a, on, a,
1: on another note, Bailey, Bailey Center is full. That's fucking awesome.
2: Bailey, Bailey Center is full. This show's this show rocking.
1: I wouldn't doubt it, because despite AEW having certain, like... Things that are questionable it doesn't matter If they have a fucking full arena It's because they've been giving the audience You know what WWE isn't doing And despite AEW's Lackluster shows on Dynamite sometimes I would say if their Arena is full they must be doing something right Because um, As much Back and forth as I've gone with both Companies guys If you have a full arena A packed house Wow, and it's about time because I think people have been sitting in our. We've been sitting in our houses, or going to work, and we really haven't been out much to do anything. Okay, I just recently had my birthday. I watched NXT on my birthday. How cool is that? <laughs> I, I would rather, from a perspective, just I would rather watch a live show just to get. The feel, go to the t shirts tans, maybe take a look at the title belts, um take a look at what I can get my hands on because sometimes shows can be a drag and you don't know what you want. But the same fucking token, you know, when these shows go back live I'm living color. I'm gonna save the following. If you guys sit there and do the same shit that you've been doing the last few months, keep it up in some areas, but please get rid of the fucking cheesiness with the you know Seth Rollins promo of him going completely psychopathic. Like, I I don't know if I like or dislike, but I don't care. I don't want, I want to see someone or see some people fight, get it on, you know, in public, in an arena. Because as a fan, it's important. It's important to know where you guys are going and coming. And this is a direct message to AEW and WWE. If you guys want to keep an audience, you know how to do it. You you got you guys are like machines, man. You know what gets your audience going. You know who your protagonists, antagonists are. You know who the fucking. You know what gets a crowd fucking amped. Is seeing a goddamn show period But if you don't do that show properly There'll be some of us that still hold You know stick to our guns and be like Alright I know what I want I know I know, know, what others want But I know what I want And
0: uh
1: Here's the thing man Pizza Simpson and I we Agree to disagree But we also agree on the fact that It's been a minute since we've both seen a show and for those that uh, have watched wrestling live versus watching it on TV, there are a lot of fucking differences. There's no commercials. You're there amongst friends. You're there with family. You're there watching a story. A story that being fucking told. A story that if anyone else is to tell it, it's going to be told in 26 different ways. And that's the beauty about going to a live show. So, honestly, it's just, uh, you know, it's been a while to sum it up. It's been a fucking while since we've been to a live fucking house show. It's been a while since we've been able to be like, man, I really like this, but I didn't like that. Instead of watching it on TV and saying, I really like this and I really like that. Or I didn't like this and I didn't like that. <laughs> It's one big fucking experience, man. Even if it's just Raw or SmackDown Live, it's something that I and others have been waiting for for a whole fucking year. It's just, it's an indescribable feeling, man. You you watch TV, you watch it live. You watch it on TV, you have to sit there and, and grab a bite or drink a beer because the fucking match sucked balls. I don't have beer in my goddamn fridge, but I can tell you there's some nights when I just wanted to kick back, pop up with a cold one and say, God damn, this sucked. Or I pop up with a cold one in celebration and be like, all right, cool. Am I a functioning alcoholic? I don't fucking think so because I only really touch the shit. Maybe every once in a while. Thanks for that question, you bastard. (laughs) But anyways, for those of you who want to reach us on Wrestle Radio or Off the Rails Uncensored, you can reach us both at the three following platforms. Actually four. Pizza Simpson could give you one more or two or three. But I'm going to tell you the basic three. Wrestle underscore radio is how you reach us through Wrestle Radio Network and Off the Rails Uncensored. Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com is the Facebook platform and three on Twitter you can reach us at at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter.
2: Anyways,
1: I'm hoping You, you can know, follow me again.
2: at Pizza Simpson at Instagram,
1: just so you know.
2: At Pizza Simpson.
1: And if you have any questions, folks, don't hesitate to ask him because he is more I would say he's more diverse. I'm just the one. I hate this and I don't like this guy. He is. He will give you the in-depth analysis and the backgrounds of things. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you know, yes, yes. And so I have some knowledge of this business. I keep learning a lot of things And I am thankful for him I'm thankful for Pizza Simpson Do you know why? Because if it was just me on air Holy fuck it'd be A a trip and a half Because One I'd either be super tired And could not carry this show On and on and on About the same ranty bullshit And three It's nice to have Deferring opinions. You know why? Because I'm pretty sure, like I say, I don't speak for anybody. I let them speak for themselves. And three, it just makes things easier with two people. Two's like, one's a party. Not really. I mean, for the last three years of running this show. It's been difficult. Let's be honest with you folks, I'm not gonna give you the whole backstory, let's stick with the theme. When you when you watch a wrestling show indie pro or semi pro, I don't know if there's such a thing. Well maybe there is. You know, you've got MLW, you've got Impact, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got uh, um, You've got a lot of wrestlers to choose from now. Now that they're going back to live shows like, I'm pretty sure Revolver is going to be up and running again. I'm sure they didn't, you know. Sammy's going to have a lot of time to go back to Des Moines and, you know, open his doors again. He's probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've always had them open. But I'm excited because I want to go to Tales from the Crypt. or Tales from the Ring, sorry. I want to go to... Well, I am planning on going to WrestleMania 38, hopefully, you know, hopefully with Pizza Simpson, hopefully we can, not hopefully, we will have probably a table at WrestleCon. And that's exciting because, you know, WrestleCon, WrestleMania Access, um, a whole bunch of things that we, you know, missed out on as fans. I'm pretty sure they had... I don't know if they had Calm this year at Tampa Bay. I'm pretty sure they didn't.
2: No, Uh, they did not have... um, WrestleMania weekend was not as strong as it was in prior years, but there was some WrestleMania event, some uh, events that weekend. WrestleMania weekend was a strong weekend for Deathmatch wrestling, to be completely honest with you.
1: That's pretty cool, because, like, honestly... um... Oh yeah, they would have had that It's in Maryland And that's like CCW Or uh, Game Changer It's CCW Because I watched a special on Nick Gage Who's one of the most legendary Harvard, or, uh, Deathmatch wrestlers In all of uh, wrestling And uh, As Moxley put it It's like the Woodstock <laughs> for, Death, for Deathmatch wrestling You have a bunch of people Drinking, smoking weed It wanted to see guys tear each other apart. And I'm pretty sure... I've uh, been
0: watching
2: a lot of... I've been watching a lot of Deathmatch wrestling. I must tell you, my friend. Uh Uh-oh. I, uh... I've stumbled onto a new obsession, if you will, called uh, No Peace Underground, which is basically deathmatch wrestling with no ring. And it's they just basically set up a bunch of glass and, you know, things that can cut and hurt you and on a stage. And basically, like, they're fighting on a stage and killing each other. It is insanity. in. Sanity, I must tell you, but there is a lot of stars coming out of Deathmatch Wrestling right now. Deathmatch Wrestling is not dead. We got we obviously have the King Nick Gage. We have Ricky Shane Page who's who's been around for twenty years, who's actually finding his footing and really like hitting his stride at his twenty year mark and that I just think has just been fantastic. He's been doing fantastic heel work, I must tell you. Um you got John Wayne Murdoch who's uh doing a lot of good work for ICW ICW No Holds Barred, which is a which is a far out company that runs shows with uh chains instead of actual ring ropes, which I just think just gives it a real like hardcore real hardcore uh element, just, just unlike anything else, which I just I think is awesome.
1: And I think that, you know, most of the people that watch Deathmatch Wrestling would agree that if, uh, let's see here,
2: let's see here. Another
1: question, yes. Uh, To answer that, dude, Deathmatch Wrestling actually holds a lot of elements that uh, regular storytelling wrestling does not. Um, It just uh, so happens. When you witness Deathmatch Wrestling, you're not going to see your basic holds, your basic lockups. No, you're going to see brutal, brutal finishes. You know, like there's a uh, there's a Deathmatch Wrestling tournament, and uh, not just Nick Gage is a part of, but uh, Thumbtack Joe and various other dudes have been a part of this shit. This is like. I hate when they say underground because ECW did this shit. They just didn't make it as brutal, you know, like Sandman and Tommy Dreamer and Axel Rotten and, uh, well, God bless sure. his soul, even though, yeah, sure. like New Jack and all them.
0: So, rest in peace, New
1: Jack. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, he was, as my uncle said in wrestling, he. He was a character, he was. Uh, but he just there's some things like, oh, yes, Deathmatch Wrestling, I guess you could qualify this as Deathmatch Wrestling when uh, they had a scaffolding match between New Jack and Vic Grimes. Holy shit. He was about a foot away <laughs> from missing the ring, I remember. I remember, holy fuck. New Jack just up the bombs, away. You know, like, um, that and the fact that he when him. New Jack cracked his... Yeah, he, t- he did tase him. He didn't give a fuck. The reasoning for that yeah, was... Yeah, he tased him. He... Okay, so the reasoning behind this, not to say that it was justified, but his, New Jack's reasoning for this, like, they are on top of a stage, like, a long time ago for a show in ECW, and New Jack and him, like, went off, and he said, come on, this like Jack, I can't... So yes, we are motherfucker. It's a pay per view, and so uh, what happened was that Grimes went first, and then he. Landed on top of New Jack,
2: New Jack cracked his skull. Yeah, he jerked him. Just, New Jack said, we're going, motherfucker, and just pulled him off. And the way he pulled him, he just jerked New, he jerked Grimes on top of him, and with Grimes being 400, 400 pounds, he landed on his head and basically sandwiched his head on the fucking ground in a cracked his fucking shit. And so Jack was pissed off because Grimes never checked in. Never said anything. Never said, bro, are you all right? Anything after that? So that led to a lot of resentment, which you know led to the the big the big, uh, the big uh, scaffold match with fifty thousand tables in the ring. And I
1: I, I laugh because some of this, actually most of this shit, folks, I remember from as being a child seeing that. At At a young age, okay, I remember going to wrestling matches at the e c w arena and actually like watching live okay new Jack was absolutely crazy, and the death match wrestlers, I guess he qualifies as one as one person actually pointed out thank you i uh not just him, but if you think on it, there are several guys. Floating around today Aside from Nick Gage Who Nick Gage's story uh, Was a recent one If you will um, the, uh, I forget what the title Of the episode was But they gave a backstory on Nick Gage And this fucker Is absolutely batshit insane This dude I would want In my corner If we was in a bar fight I guarantee Fuck to you He Not only could take Glass in the spine But he got stabbed To the point where there's a match At the death match died. wrestling. Yeah he almost died Because he was like Can we uh, make you Seem like I'm coming back They're like no They had to tell the fucker No And Moxley even Yeah they had that Helicopter him out of there They had to chop him out of there Because he was losing So much blood This is a running joke Nick I hope you don't Take this the wrong way But you lost more blood Than fucking Bill Alfonso with, And he was in a match With Bill and McGillicuddy Dude, two pints of blood was nothing compared to what Nick Gage actually lost. In speaking, speaking of his one of my favorite moments with him, like, he want to put him on the map? So David Arquette and him had a match, and Arquette was so desperate for attention at the fucking time. He was like, oh, I'll wrestle this guy. I don't want to wrestle him. I'll, I'll wrestle him in a death match. Do you know what kind of shit? Uh, if I was Nick Gage, I'd say the exact same thing. Do you know what kind of shit you're getting yourself into? This is not fake glass. This is real shit. This is actual light tubes. These are actual glass shards in chairs. This is actual barbed wire. So he freaked out with the pizza cutter. Oh, dude, this is... He doesn't fucking cut the tongue out, but holy fuck, man. He does this gimmick where he takes a pizza cutter and he puts it... Yeah, near your mouth. And go slices you up. And he fucking gets into it, too. So it's like, man, I got to tell you, Kagan, it's like a warm, oozy feeling. It's kind of weird to describe. Like, if you get stabbed, that's one thing. I've been stabbed before. All right? When you gig, it's fucking like ashwins. You're supposed to cut a certain way, and then you're gonna, blood's going to fucking start oozing out, right? <laughs> This match had more... This dude's like, yeah, I have a high tolerance for pain. Yes, this fucker does. He he literally almost died on the way to the hospital when he was being chartered from the fucking chopper, okay? He's pronounced dead for seven minutes, then they fucking revived him. He always makes a joke. He's like, I might as well die in the ring because that's where I'm gonna... You know, I might end it, start finish where I started. That's a deathmatch wrestler mentality for you. I mean, these guys... Quite literally dude They don't care Like if it If anything the pandemic hurt was Deathmatch wrestling why Because if you you deathmatch wrestle with
2: no audience Oh boy Well I I would say that It wasn't that they had No audience but it was Definitely It was definitely uh, It was definitely hindered because it was A third of the crowd but I would definitely say the match quality, the match quality definitely stayed high. And Ricky St. Page, I will uh circle back to Ricky that I would say he did his best field work in twenty twenty during this time.
1: I'd say you're right. No, I haven't really I haven't touched Deathmatch Match Wrestling who in so long. Like I said, the only wrestler that I the wrestlers I knew of When they were doing this shit Like these guys Not only do they have a high tolerance for pain But half the shit Actually most of the shit That they do in the ring No thank you I don't think I would want to have landwise explosives You know In the ring like Mick Foley and Terry Funk Those guys I guess set the bars Nick Gage said And I keep referencing Nick um, Because If you know some of their backstories Like It's Not just their backstories It's the stories that they can tell you Like I have a certain flavor For deathmatch wrestling also Like if it's done Good you know like okay cool And (laughs) Yep right, so To basically end this Let me me explain something to y'all Uh, If you want to tune in to us next week on Friday, you can do so at the same time, 10 Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, By the way, if you want to get tickets to any live wrestling events, go to the following sites, David C, C. uh, SeatGeek, TickPick, StubHub. Go to the T-Mobile Center site itself if you're getting tickets for Kansas City's July uh, 26th episode of WWE Raw. Tickets are going fast, folks. So Pizza Simpson, thank you for being on the show, brother. Tonight, you know, Hell was, uh, yeah. a lot of fun.
2: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. So if you want to catch us next week, then do so, folks. Follow us on our social media pa- our platforms. Pizza Simpson at Instagram. Brian Rails underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. Um, other Instagram also at Russell underscore radio. Be sure to contact us about anything for bookings or if you want to be a future guest on the show. Uh, if if I have to, I'll message you. I honestly do not care. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. So uh, if you want to call in, it's 213-943-3422. It's toll-free. It doesn't cost anything. Download our episodes on iTunes for free. Uh, join me next week on Podbean for the reprise of each episode of Off the Rails Uncensored, folks. We have a lot of shit and so little time. Thank you for joining us, Tools Bitches. Uh, Pizza Simpson and I got us to get sleep As we got to work. So
2: All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Pizza. You have a good night, sir. You're welcome, brother. Good night, brother. Peace. All right. Peace.
1: All right. So if that was Pizza Simpson. And I do have five minutes left to wrap it up and say basically thank you for putting up with our constant, uh, you know, banter back and forth. And uh, so join us next week, next Friday after Friday Night SmackDown Live right at 10 Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. All right. <laughs> Let's do this.
2: that some people still think that they know him, but fuck him, he knows the code. It's not about the salary, it's all about reality and making some noise. Making a story, making sure his click stays up. That means when he puts it down, toxic picking it up. Let's go. Who the hell is he anyway? He never really talks much. Never concerned with status, but still even in thought starstruck. Humble through opportunities given despite the fact. That many misjudge because he makes a living from and rap. Put it together himself, got a picture connect. Never asking for someone's help.